Acts chapter 2. Last week, we, 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 uh, we, we heard a message called, I've Got Power. And we were talking about the Holy Spirit and how so many people live without the power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody was here last week? Talked about the power of the Holy Spirit and how he wants to fill us with power. And I pray that this week you've been leaning more into the Holy Spirit. You've been getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to continue to talk about that uh, today over the next 20, 25 minutes. If you can, just lean in for a moment. I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to fill you with his power. I believe that he has much more than you can imagine. How many know we have a God that gives us more than enough? He goes exceedingly, oh, come on, come on, 11 a.m. How many believe we have a God that gives us more than enough? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or imagine. By the way, if this is your first or second time, welcome to church. Know that this is the church we like to speak back to the preacher. We shout him down. There's nothing wrong with shouting down the preacher, saying amen. If I say something you like, you can say, ooh, amen, that's for me. Somebody in Winwood a couple weeks ago said, make it cook. I said, what? He said, make it cook. I said, okay, I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> so you can say any of that. And, uh, if you don't like what I'm saying, look at your neighbor and say, I think he's preaching to you, but say something. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. The disciples, they've gathered together. Jesus has gone up to be with the Father, and now they're together. And it says in verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with what? With the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. They were utterly amazed and they asked, aren't all these who speak Galileans? How can they be speaking in our language? How is it that they do this? And we're hearing this in our native language. It says that there was Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, uh, Phrygia, whatever. Go to verse 11. Both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretes and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Come on, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, the power of the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they began to speak in other tongues that other people from other countries began to understand. And it says, um, they were amazed and perplexed, and they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. I mean, it looks like a party's going on. These people are all going crazy. It is early in the morning. Look at verse 14. It says, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. And he said, fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Only nine in the morning. If you're getting drunk at nine in the morning, you need some prayer. He said, this is nine in the morning. They're not getting drunk. They're just loud and excited the way we are at Calvary early in the morning. That's all they was doing. <laughs> I love it. Verse 16. Now, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is what Peter begins to say. Joel prophesied about this. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on who? On all people, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Come on, anybody glad that the name of Jesus is the one that we can call on? 
What happened that morning? Some power came down upon the disciples. Some power came down upon the apostles. And they got filled with power. They started prophesying. They started speaking in tongues. And I wonder how many of us this morning got the power of the Holy Spirit. We spoke about it last week. Are we living without power? Are we going through life without power? Or are we filled with everything that God has for us? If you're taking notes, write this down. I've titled this, I've Got Power, Part 2. <laughs> Very creative. I've Got Power, Part 2. Somebody tap your neighbor and said, get ready for part two. <laughs> talked about the Holy Spirit last week. Talked about some things about the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you a few more things today that I hope can help you, that I hope can bless your life. Before we begin, let's close our eyes, bow our head, and ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you are alive, that you are here, that you are moving. God, I pray that you would move in this place with power, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you can only do what you do. Open up eyes and lift up heads, God, that everybody will be able to see you for who you are, Jesus. We love you. We thank you, God, for this time and this space. God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love that are made new each and every single day. God, I pray that you put hope where there is no hope. I pray that you put direction where there is no direction. I pray that you put grace wherever guilt has wanted to come in. We thank you, God, for this day. And we thank you that yesterday is the beginning sign revival of what's to come for the Miami Hurricanes, God, as we will win another national championship. In Jesus' name, all God's people, Canes fans, say. Amen. Oh, come on. All God's people, say. Amen. Any Canes fans in the building? There you go. Come on. It's all about the you. Seminole fans in the building? Okay. You, the exit sign is right back there. We're praying for the hurricane. By the way, the head coach is a man of God for the hurricane, so pray for him that God would use him in an incredible, incredible way. Have you, have you ever gone somewhere and the people that you go with go with you just to uh, just give you some company, but they don't like participating in what you're going to do? For example, a couple weeks ago, a few of us decided to go bowling, and uh, one of the guys that went bowling said, hey, I'm just going just to go, just to hang out, but I don't want to bowl. And I say, well, why would you go just to go and not bowl? Like, if we're going, we are all bowling together. You know what I'm saying? Anybody know people like that? Like, they just go, but they don't want to participate. I'll go, but I don't want to do nothing. It's like, what's wrong with you? We are all going to bowl. And all of a sudden, I caught myself, and I'm like, why am I getting mad at somebody not bowling? And I was just like, I need some prayer. I've shared this story before. A few years ago, I went to the beach with two friends. And as I'm in the beach, I start going in the water, and I start swimming. I start having a good time in the beach. I look back, and two of my friends, they're outside of the water. One of them is laying down on the sand. The other one's walking around. And I, I look back like, are you guys serious? We drove all the way to here to South Beach so that I could be the only one in the water. And I went up to one of my friends. I said, what are you doing, bro? And he says, um, well, I just came to get a tan. I said, you're a man. You don't come to the beach to get a tan. We're going to get in this water. We're going to play some football. We're going to play some soccer. That's why we came. You don't come to get a tan. I looked at my other friend. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I don't swim. Uh, so I just came to hang out. I said, are you serious? I'm going to be the only one at like a dolphin out there by myself. Like, are you serious? Like, hey, you ever meet people like that? Like, they just come. I'm not going to participate. You know, I think that so many times that happens in churches. That happens in Christianity. We got a lot of people coming into church. We got a lot of people singing songs. We got a lot of people that know some verses. But are we living the full gospel that God has called? 
called us to live. He hadn't called us just to come and participate a little bit. God has called us to go all the way in into his fullness, into his goodness, into his grace, into his mercy. I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants to bring you all the way in. There is so much more that God wants to give you. You don't have to stay at the shore. You don't have to stay out there getting a tan or just walking around. God has called us in to go in and get some power that he has for us. Come on, 11 a.m. Can somebody shout power? Oh, come on. Somebody shout power. I've got power. We, took, we talked about power last week, but I really believe that so many Christians are just barely getting by. We said this last week. We said God hasn't called us to live a life of survival, but a life of revival. It's not just barely getting by. I heard a preaching I'll never forget years ago when I was younger. It was called the full gospel. We don't believe believe in a one-quarter gospel. We don't believe in a half gospel. We believe in a full gospel, that it is a full of grace, full of mercy, full of forgiveness, full of power, full of everything that God has for you. God still heals. God still saves. God still delivers. God is still the same. Oh, come on. I wonder if I'm talking to some people that really believe that God is all-powerful, almighty, and he has so much more for you. We said that there is no limited resources with God. There is much more that God. We serve a God that is more than enough. He wants to give you more than you can imagine, abundantly, extra, over, whatever you can think or imagine. I was reading a report about two weeks ago, uh, two days ago, actually, about uh, limited resources on planet Earth. And it was saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do as humans? Scientists have gotten together and they said, what are we going to do about the limited resources that we have on Earth in the next 100 years? How many resources are going to be depleted and gone from Earth? I started thinking, oh, my goodness, what are we doing? There's limited stuff. Anybody hates when stuff is limited? Like, you feel my pain when there's limited amount of money in your bank account, and you're getting ready to go pop some tags at the mall, and you're just like, my God, can you multiply this right now in Jesus' name? <laughs> Anybody hate when you got limited amounts? Come on, you want to buy some sneakers, and all you got is $50 to spend, but it costs 150 It's like, who do they make these shoes for? Limited amount of money. It is the worst thing in the world to live with limited amount. Limited resources, it is horrible. Anybody hate when you got a limited amount of fries left in your bag? And your wife is looking like, can I have the last fry? It's like, don't touch my fries. That's my last fry. You know, I've been waiting for that thing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you have, a couple years ago, IHOP had unlimited pancakes. Anybody remember that? The lines were out the door. People go crazy for unlimited stuff. I wonder why so many of us live like we have a limited God. We have an unlimited God with unlimited resources. Oh, come on. His love is unfailing. His grace is grace to grace. It's everlasting. Anybody thank God that we have an unlimited power in him? Come on, there's unlimited resources. You need more forgiveness to be able to forgive somebody that offended you. You can go to God and get some more. You need some more love to love on some people that are getting on your nerves. You can go to God. He has unlimited love to give you. You need more forgiveness for your sins. How many know his grace? Oh, come on, 11 a.m. How many know his grace? It is more than enough to forgive you and bring you up. Oh, come on, with God, there is no limited resources. And his Holy Spirit is not limited. He wants to come and give you power. He wants to come and open up your eyes to live a power-filled life. We got a bunch of Christians just living or walking around with a low battery. Anybody hate low battery? Looking around for a plug everywhere. I'm always looking for a plug. My phone is always on low battery. God doesn't want you to live on 0%. He wants you to live on 100%, 100% of the time to be full of his spirit. To be full of his presence, to say, God, I want you to lead me, guide me. I heard Pastor Carl Lentz say, we are living in times of life and death. We don't need a bunch of Christians walking around without the power of the Holy Spirit. 
We need Christians to understand the power and be filled with the power. To say, God, fill me up with your power. Fill me up with your presence. I want to know more of you. I don't know how you came in here this morning, but I want to tell you, God wants to fill you with his power. He wants to give you more than enough. You can overcome that temptation. You can overcome that struggle. You can overcome that sin. You can overcome that offense. You can forgive and love some more because with the Holy Spirit, there is always more. Oh, come on. I wish I had a church that really believed this this morning. Come on. Anybody thank God that with God, there's more than enough book of Acts, this is where it all started. Jesus is about to ascend to the Father. We read about that last week. Jesus goes up to visit the Father and he says, hey, I want you to go to Jerusalem because when you go to Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit is going to fall and you will receive power. When you receive power, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the disciples are like, okay, Jesus told us to wait. So they are all waiting upstairs. They're eating some pita chips with hummus. They're waiting. They're praying. They're believing that God is going to send the Holy Spirit. And as they're waiting, the Bible says they're, they're waiting, praying, worshiping. All of a sudden, a sound came and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. The sound was so loud. It was a commotion. They all started praising God, speaking in tongues that the neighborhood came out. And everybody came out to see what was going on. Like, what? There's a party going on down there and it's nine o'clock in the morning and they all came out to see what was happening can I tell you that when you are full of the Holy Spirit people will come out from everywhere to say what is wrong with you there's something different about you I mean you just love better you forgive I mean you don't take offense so easily you love on people it is because you are full of the Spirit of God and all of a sudden everybody around you will have to take notice Oh, come on. I really believe that we have a church that's getting ready to go out into every street full of his presence. And people will come out and say, I got to go to your church. I got to get in that word. I got to believe that God because you forgive so easily. You love on people. How can you love our boss? That's the worst boss in the universe. Well, it's the Holy Spirit. I've got power. Oh, come on. People will come out from everywhere. Peter stood up and said, hey. Joe prophesied this about a long time ago. There was a prophet called Joe, and he said, in the last days, my spirit's going to come upon all flesh. By the way, can I tell you, this is not for some people. This is not for an exclusive group. This is not only for men. This is not only for those that look good. Come on, how many know this is for everybody? The power of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. Come on, aren't you glad? I'm glad that I'm included in this. The Bible says it's for men and women is what, what Peter stood up and said. By the way, can I just say we have some women of God in here that are full of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe women should teach. I've got some preachers in here that are women that will stand up and preach the socks off of somebody. Come on. We got some women that are full of the Spirit of God. I can't listen to no women preach. Where are you coming from? Come on, how many know we got preachers in here, women of God that will prophesy, lay hands on you and tell you what God wants to do in your life. It says your old men will have dreams, your young men will have visions. This is for the old and the young. Come on, this isn't only for an exclusive group. The power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. I wonder if you're sitting in here saying, God, you don't have that for me. I've sinned too much. I've done too much wrong. I've failed too much. I've done this sin too long. I got this addiction in my life. I have this background that I came from. I was an accident. I was a mistake. Oh, God's power goes beyond all that, and it wants to reach you right where you're at, fill you with his Holy Spirit. Come on, his power is for you. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter what you were doing last night. His power is here, and he wants to fill you said his power is for everybody. This morning, he wants to fill you with his power. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. This isn't an exclusive thing. The gospel is inclusive. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's invited. The power of God is for you. 
And it wants to fill you with more love than you can imagine. It wants to fill you with more grace than you can imagine. It wants to fill you with more mercy than you can think of. It's here and it's for all of us. And this church, I believe, is, raised, is about to be raised up with a whole bunch of people that's going to invade this city with the love and the power of God. Can I get an amen? amen? Two quick things. I want you to write this down that I hope can help you out today as we look at the power of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? Last week we looked at three different things, two things. I believe that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, not only are you filled with the Holy Spirit, you should also live a life that's led by the Holy Spirit. One thing is to say that you're filled. Another thing is does your life prove it? Are you being led by the Spirit? A lot of people say they're filled with the Spirit, but are you being led? Write this down. Point number one. We are not moved by our feelings. We are guided by convictions. We are not moved by our feelings. We are guided by convictions. When you're full of the, the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to go walk around by your feelings. How many know that feelings are overrated? Feelings are overrated. Why? Because one day you'll wake up and you won't feel like coming to church. And if you're walking around by your feelings, you're going to stay home that day. If you're walking around by your feelings, you say, I'm not going to go to church today. I'm not going to join a team. You're going to be sitting in service, and when we're talking about next steps, you say, I'm not going to go to the welcome lounge, next steps area. I'm not going to join a team because I don't feel like it. Well, I mean, when, when, where does the Bible say that we go by, walk around by feelings? I thought we walk around full of the Holy Spirit, and whether I like it or not, whether I feel it or not, I know I got to get in church, I got to lift up my hands, I got to give God some praise, and all of a sudden my feelings will align to what the Spirit says. Who's steering the light? Who's steering the boat of your life? Is it your feelings or your convictions? Nobody walks around with conviction nowadays. Nobody has conviction to say, hey, you know what? This is who I am. Convictions will hold you in place even when feelings want to take you out of place. Your, conv your convictions will hold you down and say, don't do this. Don't do that. You got a conviction inside of you. Why? Because feelings come and go. Feelings will tell you, hey, do this and all of a sudden, you get some butterflies. You had a conviction that you weren't going to sleep with nobody until marriage, but the feelings started creeping in. You're like, wait a minute, he's cute. Man, Chris Monday, I'm going to do it. <laughs> are you walking around by feelings, or are you full of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit? Well, Alex, how do you do? you got to have some convictions in your life. got to grab some biblical principles and put them in your life and say, hey, this conviction is going to hold me. I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing. I'm going to hold strong to what the Spirit is telling me. Not going to go by, the Bible, the Bible says that the, that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, your flesh is going to want to do everything you can imagine. Oh, your flesh is going to want to go to every single part. Your flesh is going to want to do what your coworkers are doing. Oh, come on, cheat on your wife, cheat on your taxes, do this, do that. But what are your convictions telling you? I want to be led by the spirit. I think we use the word, the term Christian too loosely. People use it too loosely nowadays. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Well, the Bible says if you're a Christian, you'll be led by the spirit. Look at the Bible. Look what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter eight, verse 14. It says this for those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Paul's writing. He said those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Are you you're, you're a child of God? Then are you led by your flesh? Are you led by your feelings or are you led by the Spirit of God and conviction? God. God, you're leading me, guiding me. You're, you're, you're telling me where to go, what to do, and what not to do. It is the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus says the advocate is coming. The friend is coming. He's going to lead you and guide you in all truth. Is anybody glad for the friend that Jesus left with us? It is the Holy Spirit. And he comes to lead us. I think what we need is more people to stand up and say, Lord, lead me and guide me in what you want. He's going to take care of you when you're walking down a certain path and when you've got to make some decisions in life. What, what do you do? 
Do you just sit back and say, okay, what, what am I going to make here? And this decision that I got to make, who, what, what, what do I feel about it? Mm, should I do a connect group? Should I join a connect group? No, there's some weird people in church, and you're going to have some people harass me in that connect group, and some of them got stank breath. I'm not going to join a connect group. You're going by your feelings or you're saying, you know what, I need some community. It's not good to live alone. I need some people around me to pray for me, lay hands on me and pick me up. I'm going to join a connect group. Oh, you know what, why don't you become a door holder? We need more door holders in church. Nah, man, you know, you gotta, I ain't holding the door for that stank person. I don't like that person. Are you walking around by feeling or are you walking around by conviction? And saying, you know what, I'm called to build the house of God and serve in the house of God. Like the psalmist says, God, that I may serve in your house all the days of my life. Walk around by convictions or you walk around by feelings. Got to be careful. The Holy Spirit comes to lead us and guide us. Ricky, come on up here. My brother Ricky right here. Look at, look what the Bible says. If we could put the, the, the book of John chapter 16. This is what Jesus told his disciples. He said, so let me say it again. This truth is better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send them to you. Go over to verse 12. Keep going. You can read it on your own time. We're running out of time. I still have many things to tell you, Jesus says, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you. Oh, come on. Any, this is what the Holy Spirit does. When you're walking around and you're saying, okay, what decision do I have to do? God, should I go left or right here? The Holy Spirit is going to come, grab you by the hand and say, go left, boy. You can't go right. You're going to get into some trouble over there. Come on, make a left. When you're over here, God, is she the one? God, I wonder if this is the one. No, she wants to be your baby mama with no papers. Come over here. Get out that way. God, should I get into this business plan or not is this from you or not get out that business you're gonna fail that person is just a cheater come on should I be friend with this person no they're telling you to cheat on your taxes and cheat on your wife come on over here I'm the Holy Spirit that will grab you by the hand lead you and guide you this is the spirit of truth this is the advocate this is the friend he says come on over here follow me I got a plan and a destiny for you oh come on anybody got power of the Holy Spirit that he will lead us and guide us in all truth oh come on somebody shout power this is the Holy Spirit. He comes to guide us and lead us in all truth. God, I don't know what to do. In the Old Testament, King Jehoshaphat said, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes, they're on you. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. Oh, we like to sing the song, Oh, Spirit, lead me where my feet are without borders and all that, whatever the song says. <laughs> but do we actually step out and do it? Or do we just say, I'm just going to stay in my comfort zone and I'm going to go by my feelings? I'm going to go by what I see. No, it's walking by faith, not by sight. It's saying, God, I'm going to hold on to you. You guide me and you lead me. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's only when we are full of the Holy Spirit. We got some power in us. I don't know what decisions you got coming up. I don't know what life, what life decisions you got coming up. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you, guide you in all truths. He wants to help you, but it only comes when you are led by the Spirit. Are you going by some convictions in your life or are you walking around by some feelings in your life? Feelings will, will drive you crazy. It's a roller coaster. One day you'll be up, the next day you'll be down. But say, God, I'm going to be led by your spirit. Point number two, write this down. Exterior change can only come from interior transformation. Exterior change can only come from interior transformation. Think what we got is a bunch of believers, a bunch of Christians saying, hey, I just want to make sure I look good on the outside. You know, I want to come into church, lift up my hands, sing the songs, make sure I got all the verses down packed, make sure I got a big notepad. People see I'm taking notes. What good is it if you're taking notes and singing songs, but on the inside you're rotten and far away from God? 
I think people then what they, what they see is what the world sees outside when they when they come into communication with believers and say, wait, you say you go to church, you go to church every Sunday. But when I'm talking to you, all you do is spit venom about your neighbor. All you do is talk bad about your boss. All you do is talk about how bad you hate your family. What good is it to have a bunch of stuff on the outside? But the inside is far away from God. When the spirit of God comes, he comes to transform the inside. And then from the inside out is that the change begins to happen. Don't focus on the outside. Don't focus on getting a checklist together and saying, well, I got this. I got my, I got my nice press suit. I'm in church. I got my nice shoes. I'm going to sing really loud, and I'm looking for a spouse. I want her to know I'm a man of God. Is everybody looking? I'm gonna say, I know these songs. I know this thing. But on the inside, there is no fruit in your life. Fruit only comes when we are full of the Holy Spirit every single day, and it's a process. Are we full of the Spirit of God? Are we saying, God, I need more of you in my life? The world is tired of seeing religion. Religion is just coming in and out. Just coming into church, not serving, not letting the Holy Spirit do any progress in your life, not let the Holy Spirit change anything on the inside. You're still holding on to unforgiveness, still holding on to bitterness, still the same hateful person who doesn't want to talk to nobody. But when the Holy Spirit begins to fill you, it begins to do progress. All of a sudden you become more loving, more forgiving. All of a sudden there's more grace than you can imagine because it's not you, it's him. And all of a sudden now some fruits begin to happen in your life. We're not looking at outside transformation. We're looking at inside modification. Yes. Saying, God, begin to fix me on the inside. There are heart issues in me. There are things in me that the Holy Spirit, I need. The church has been really great at looking at stuff on the outside. Last week we talked about it, and you know I believe it, and I'm for it. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe in prophecy. I believe in healing in tongues. I believe in encouragement, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. But what good is it if you have a bunch of gifts on the outside but rotten on the inside? So what happened is we started seeing a bunch of gifts, and the gifts were awesome. The Bible says the gifts are needed. They're for the common good. They point people to Jesus. But what good is it if you grab, somebody grab, gives you a gift, but then they're as rude as can be to you? There is no love. There is no grace. There is no forgiveness in their heart. Oh, you can prophesy all you want. You can speak in tongues all you want. But Paul says if there is no love, Amen. then it's not worth anything. Amen. Oh, when we talk about I've got power, I believe it's power for the gifts, but it's also power for the fruits. There is gifts of the Spirit, but there's also fruits of the Spirit. I've got power. May we never be a surface level Christian. That on the outside, we got a bunch of Christianity that looks great. we got a bunch of gifts that are awesome, but on the inside, we're so shallow. There is no fruits to really sustain. It's that when people see us, they're like, wait a minute, he's the real deal. He's genuine. She's real. There's something different about her. If look at this. Look at the book of Galatians chapter 5. Sound, if you can't turn up the keys, I just feel like more anointing when the keys start playing. Galatians chapter 5. This is Esau, by the way. She's anointed when she plays. I just... I believe she has a gift over her life. Galatians chapter 5, it says this, but the Holy Spirit, this is what he produces. He produces in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. These are the, the fruits of the Spirit. Paul is saying, are you walking by the flesh or are you walking by the Spirit? He says, because if you walk by the Spirit, these fruits are going to come out in your life. Last week, we looked at nine gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. And like we said, we believe in the gifts. We pray for the gifts. In fact, the Bible says, earnestly seek and ask for these gifts. But the gifts are great, but you need the fruits to sustain you. Let's be believers. Let's be a church that has power 
not just externally, but internally. Oh, what good is it if you can speak in tongues, but you have no self-control? Or you can prophesy a whole lot, but you don't got no long-suffering in your own life. Oh, some people are great at prophesying. Listen, you're going to go through a moment of trouble, but hold on. But you, you're asking God to get you out of trouble. Prophesying to somebody else what you want to get out of. Is there fruit in our life to hold us and sustain us? There's nine different fruits. We can put them up. Fruits of the Spirit. There's love. There's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You've got power. You've got power not just for outside things, but you've got power for internal things. You need to love on somebody a little bit more. you got some people that have backstabbed you and lied, and you say, I can never forgive this person. Well, one of the fruits of the Spirit is love. I've got power. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. Well, you're going to be able to love a whole lot easier. When, that, when, the, when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, now you can love. Joy. You're going through some storms in your life. You're going through some difficult moments in your life. Let us not be the Christians that are calling it quits. We sing loud on the mountaintop, but we call it quits when we're in the valley. Paul says, in all these things, consider it joy. The Holy Spirit comes to give you joy. We're not walking into church with a bitter face, with a sour face. Brother, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Don't talk to me. I'm all right. Wait a minute. Where's the Holy Spirit in your life? One of the fruits is joy. So listen, I'm going through the valley, but I know God is for me. He's with me. I know God loves me. I'm going to be okay. I'm ready to get my worship on. I'm ready to praise God in church. I got some joy. Wants to make some progress in your life. Peace. Doesn't matter what you're going through. You're not going to go crazy. You're not going to lose your mind. You don't need to be addicted to no sleeping pills. You don't need to be addicted to no thing. You got the peace of God that resides in your heart through the Holy Spirit. Oh, I found out this and this. Oh, the doctor said this. Or my finances are this. But wait a minute. I'm not going to go crazy and start popping pills. I'm not going to go crazy and start calling psychics. I got the God in heaven who made the stars, the heavens, and the earth. He's got me. I got some peace in my life. Come on, I've got power. It's power for some fruits. Patience. The Lord knows we all need patience. <laughs> One of the fruits that we all need the most. God, when I'm going through it, let me, let me know that those who wait upon the Lord, you will renew their strength. Oh, come on, that's a promise. Kindness. I think that one went out the window a long time ago for a lot of believers. Well, how could, my friend used to work at a store and he said, you know what, it's crazy. Some of the people from my own church are the rudest people. Come on, let's not be the type of church that we give people attitudes and we're rude and we're always in a hurry and get out of my face and you cut me off and you got my order wrong and I, I asked for no ketchup and you gave me extra ketchup. Like, kindness. You know, kindness will go a long way. Kindness will take you further than a gift will. Because a gift may open a door, but kindness will hold you there. You got some kindness in your life. Say, hey, you know what? God loves you, man. I'm, we, we are the expression of God on this earth. The hands and feet of Jesus. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do we got these fruits in our life that God wants to use in our life and say, hey, I want to produce something in you. You've got power, but you've got power to produce some fruit. We were, at, we were to look inside our lives this morning and say, is there some fruit inside my life? Holy Spirit, have you been doing some progress in my life? Paul says, self-examine yourself. Last week I said, let's lean in and pray and desire the gifts of the Spirit. 
This week, let's desire the fruits of the Spirit. Say, there's nine gifts and there's also nine fruits. God, I want these fruits in my life. I want people to be able to see me and say, like Jesus says, by their fruits, you shall be known. I don't have a bunch of Christians that can preach really good, but outside really rude. That can praise really loud, but behind closed doors there, as depressed and full of anxiety as can be. Holy Spirit, do a work in me. Fill me. God, let some fruits be produced in my life. Gifts are great, but fruits are better. Because without love, Paul said, there's nothing. I wonder if the Holy Spirit is making progress in your life this morning. I wonder if you got some power. I wonder if you're full of the Holy Spirit. And if not, you can be filled this morning and say, God, I just don't want to be filled for the outside. I want to be filled for the inside. Because what happens privately will then overflow publicly. Then people will begin to see you. And then people will begin to say there's a difference there. Oh, wait, that, that God that they talk to, that, that's real. I've seen some change in their life. Not just by what they say, but how they act. Not just by what they're saying publicly, but how they act privately. We want Miami to take notice of what God is doing in Calvary. It's not going to come by a bunch of gifts. There's a lot of gifts out there. There's a lot of talented people. It's going to come by a lot of fruits. People see the fruit, they're going to want to come and say, wait, there's something different about your life. Prophesying, there's a lot of people prophesying, but is there a lot of people with kindness and self-control and gentleness and long-suffering? That's the gospel. Do you have the Holy Spirit this morning? Are you full of the Holy Spirit and saying, God, I, gifts are great. I want more gifts, God, but, but God, if you start producing more fruit in my life, God, that I will be more loving, that I'll be more forgiving. God, that it doesn't matter if in my community, in my city, people will backstab me and talk about me. And maybe somebody did me wrong, but if I have a lot of love, I can forgive and walk forward. Are we full of the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, I need some self-control. When temptation's calling me and when things are trying to get me to turn one way or another, God, that I will not fall, that you've given me self-control to stay and wait on you. That I will live by convictions and led by the Spirit, not by my feelings. I wonder if this morning we're full of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with the Spirit of God every single day. I'm not talking to you as somebody who's got it together. I don't. What I'm saying is we need more of Him. We can't do life without Him. Every single day that this would be our prayer, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I don't want to be far from you. I don't want to live my life in the flesh. I want to live my life guided by your Spirit, waiting on you with every eye closed, every head bowed, all across this auditorium. People are in here that you're, you're far from God. You're saying, Alex, I, you've either heard of God before, you've been in church before, but this morning you're far from God. You've been following your own path. You've been doing whatever you wanted but you're tired of it, it's left you nowhere. You're tired of sin. The Bible says all of us are sinners. Nobody in here is perfect. You've sinned, I've sinned. We've offended God, we've done wrong. Maybe you're saying, Alex, but I've done some things that nobody knows of. Some things that I'm embarrassed of, ashamed of. Beautiful thing about the gospel is that this is what it is, that God loves you just as you are. He knows them and he loves you still. The Bible says all of us are sinners and we've fallen away from God. But this is why he sent his son Jesus to come die for you and for me. The Bible says that Jesus came and he took all of your sin, my sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt. He carried it on his shoulders all the way up to a cross and he gave his life on that cross for you and for me. 
The Bible says he went into the grave for three days, but after three days, sin could not hold him down, neither could death. He rose from the grave. Jesus is alive. He defeated sin and death for me and for you. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we, we, we will be saved. Today, if you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I need forgiveness of my sin. I need, I need a brand new start. I need a brand new clean slate. This is your morning. You're not in here by coincidence. You're in here because God brought you with a purpose and with a plan. While eyes are closed, heads are bowed all over this auditorium while the church is praying. Come on, you could pray out loud while church and church leaders and pastors while we're praying. If you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I'm far from God. I don't know God. I'm tired of this. I need a brand new start. I need forgiveness of my sin. Jesus is the only answer. If you're listening on the radio, in the overflow, in this room, you need Jesus. The Bible says salvation is today. Tomorrow's promise for nobody. He loves you. He wants to come into your life today. I'm going to count to three all over this place. I believe hands are going to go up. If you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus in my life. I want to start brand new. I want a relationship with God. He's waiting for you with arms open wide all over this place. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. And then you can put it right back down. One, two, three. God bless you. 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 God bless you and you and you and you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Hands raised up everywhere. Anybody else, you raise them as high as you can. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Anybody else, you're saying I need a brand new start, a brand new beginning. Come on, raise your hand as high as you can. And then you can put it back down. God bless you. Anybody else, raise your hand. I'm going to say a simple prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer with everything that you've got. All we're doing is putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. All of you who raise your hands, say this with me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat it out loud. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected. I believe in you. From today on, I will follow you all the days of my life. I am, I am saved, I am healed, and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we put our hands together, church. Come on, we got to celebrate.